club and uh, very knowledgeable of uh, what's going on locally, regionally, and uh, nationally. And appreciate, Jason, uh, you coming in. Let's. Uh, I have a feeling this afternoon we're going to bounce uh, back and forth, uh, depending where our callers take us, uh, between some of the things going on in the Maryland General Assembly, some of the uh, local uh, rulings having to do with uh, the uh, pandemic and uh, the July 6th, whatever you call it, I call it insurrection. So... Uh, Let's pick it up with the Maryland General Assembly because okay. I want to take advantage of somebody who uh, is uh, in the know. And you were telling me off mic that uh, uh, some people are going to set their hair on fire over some of these issues. Well, that yeah, are I mean, you're, up. you're looking at we well, talked about redistricting. Mm-hmm. What else? Well, you're looking at there's going to be issues with um, with basically fighting over the budget. As far as um, you're going to have a lot of folks that are going to want to do things because they're running to be reelected, and they really need to bring home something for their for their districts. And what you're going to find is is that the, it seems like election years are when all of the stuff really does come out of the woodwork as far as you can see in certain races or in certain districts where there are primary challengers. Because you'll see Democrats that are normally moderates, in my opinion, that suddenly shift and start co-sponsoring some really, some really radical bills. Like um, there's uh, – the per- presently there is, a, there is a person running for um, – for Comptroller, her name is Delegate Brooke Learman. I don't know if you've ever heard of her or not. Um, she, from I mean, we all, those of us who are Republicans, had a, had a pretty big chuckle when she said on the floor of the House of Delegates that you can actually lower crime in Baltimore by planting trees. Now, I, there, and th- th- this was like if you were for cli- if you were against planting trees for climate change, somehow you were for criminals and, and criminality. And when you look at what's going on over in in Maryland, as far as Baltimore being the focus of a lot of, of let's just call it, uh, there's a lot of crime on the rise, and especially homicides. So, but you have that coupled with a lot of folks that are basically dumping money into a Baltimore school system because some people don't understand that the state actually contributes mightily to Baltimore school system. So the taxpayer, Frederick County, is having money taken out of his check when he pays his income taxes, and that's going to Baltimore. But at the same time, they're also paying property taxes to pay for their own schools here. So what you have is there needs to be, they're going to have either A, you're going to have some folks who want to have more local control for Baltimore. They're going to argue that the state should not be able to come in and start making mandatory changes or institute changes without having the consent of the school board over there. But if I'm a Frederick County taxpayer, I'm looking at it like, well, just because you want my tax dollars doesn't give you the right to, to, to basically waste them. You're going to have to come back with me and show me where my, where my, uh, my tax dollars went to. And that means that you're going to have to sit there and tell guys like Mike Huff, who's in the Senate, who actually is looking into... From a state perspective, what happened with FCPS as far as the DOJ looking at it from the federal perspective? So, like, when that indictment came out, and now you have Senator Huff, who's sitting there also pointing out that what the golden parachute that uh, that um, Dr. Alban got was completely out of, the, out of this world. Like, there's no justification. So there you have an, insta- an instance where... A senator, a state senator, is calling on Maryland to investigate 
Frederick County Public Schools. The same thing is happening with Baltimore schools. So you're having a lot of folks that are starting to really dial dial down and, and pretty much insist that there is some accountability. And I think that you have over the Maryland General Assembly the political will now to start getting into some of these issues because it, it's good for reelection. So you're going to have instances where I think that you're it's going to it's going to create an environment whereby I think the compromise might be easier, especially if if people get what they want. But it's also going to cause for some pretty big fights if they don't. You are here gathered this afternoon, Frank Mitchell and uh, Jason Miller. Tim has a day off, so I asked you about some of the the hot stuff and going to be talked about in the Maryland legislature this year, and and from what you said. I want to ask you, break it down a little bit. First thing you started off with is the budget. Sure. Which is probably the least sexiest thing. But uh, also, I was just reading, and I can't find the number, where the state now has a whole bunch more money to spend uh, thanks to uh, the federal government. So, I mean, don't you think this is an opportunity? As as a Republican, how do you view that? Well, for starters, I, I think it's it's uh, it would be a good opportunity to spend the money on what it was supposed to be spent on, which is COVID, as far as re- reclaiming and getting back to the quote-unquote normal. Yeah. But I can tell you that uh, that, w- that would be greatly exacerbated by the fact that we have – they passed the Kerwin Commission's report as far as you have now third uh, – Which, for those who don't know, is education reform. Is education reform. Well, I wouldn't call it reform. I call it a boondoggle. But you have a lot of folks that are spending a ton of money on programs that were, I mean, when they, initially the governor, he vetoed it. And then they overrode his veto last year, and now they have to come up with a way to pay for it. Because once they passed it, they could only pay for it for, I think, maybe three to five years was what they were already, they had enough money that they could come up with that. But after that, they're either going to have to raise your taxes or they're going to have to institute some sort of a fee to compensate for the fact that eventually... Um, they're eventually they're just going to have to do it because they they don't they're not generating enough revenue to basically pay for it over time. So and that goes back to what Margaret Thatcher was saying about once uh, one of her famous quotes was the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money to spend. So I mean when you're looking and this is exactly uh, Kerwin is a very definition of that because you're going to have to raise taxes and you if you want to sit there and say you can, you can't only tax the rich it just doesn't work that way especially uh, go ask Montgomery County they had a millionaires tax and they all moved across the river into Virginia where they could wave at their old house and you know Montgomery suddenly realized that that wasn't a good idea so they repealed it in an effort to try and lure people back in because they realized that you're not going to have businesses that are going to want to sit there and pay for a millionaire's tax. Well, Maryland's the same way. We've had the, I mean, we've had a really good run as far as making an economic impact, even during COVID, for keeping Maryland open for business and being entrepreneurial friendly. And I think that uh, if we, depending on how the Democrats attack this budget, that might be all for naught. If they don't do something and keep it in moderation, there's going to be, uh, I believe, uh, uh, an impact where Democrats are going to want to have their own pet projects. So they're going to want to spend all that money. And there's not going to be anything left to actually make investments for like the rainy day fund, because I know that Governor Hogan wanted to do that, put a lot of it in the rainy day fund for for basically in an emergency break glass. There it is. But there are some people that don't want to do that. And there, there are some pretty powerful voices in Annapolis that are that represent pretty powerful interests. So. We'll see on the budget. So, uh, 
Well, I, I'm sorry I lost my train of uh, thought here. Um, well, you were also asked about about the um, as far as what we're going to do with respect to at least when we talked last about police reform. That's well, going to be. Anyway, the, the, we're we're bouncing around. Let's talk about if the Dems don't go crazy with this federal money that's coming into the uh, state. Do you think there is uh, room? You talk about a rainy day fund, but there is room for some COVID relief for both businesses and individuals. Well, it depends. Yes. I, I mean, it, that's what the money was for. All right. And then they were going to have some people wanted to use because keep in mind, it's not just the covid money that Maryland has. Maryland got a significant chunk of the um, of the infrastructure bill. So there's going to be at least now with the infrastructure bill money, they can actually use that to pay for some of the infrastructure instead of using the covid money to pay for infrastructure. Because there is a you have to understand, like a lot of folks don't understand that when we talk about money. It's at least in the General Assembly, there are many different pots of money. You think that it's all going into the same place, but it's really not. Some money is allocated for just these projects. Some money are allocated for this these services. So you have to balance out what budget gets increased and where. So in this case, having that extra money is going to be like, at least from my perspective, going to be giving Democrats like a free a free a check, blank check for a candy store. They're going to be able to spend it on whatever they want. And it's going to be – they're going to have to have a lot of moderation in how they handle themselves or else problems are going to arise later on down the line because you can't tax yourself into prosperity once you get on a downward spiral. Let's start on what you're starting to talk about, Jason, because it's another big one as far as uh, what's going to be debated in uh, Annapolis in a, less than a week as it gets started. Police uh, reform. Sure. The uh, Democrats say a little bit more could be done. Well, I think, and, and I think that that could be a um, a very <laughs> that's going to be a very interesting argument, considering that you have uh, the national on a national stage, nobody supports the defunding of the police now because they tried that and they suddenly realized, oh my gosh, I have a whole bunch of people that are coming into my store and basically breaking all of my glass, stealing all of my jewelry, and there's really nothing I can do about it because I didn't think to itemize as I'm watching them uh, steal from me and then. Leave Leaving, leaving out my front door. Uh, that in and of itself is going to cause for a lot of people to be like, I think that we need to take a step back on what was passed as a knee-jerk reaction and kind of look and see what along, what down the road is going to to quantify as police reform. Because a lot of, I'm not saying that the that there is no such, there's not a need for any sort of reform. I don't like the idea of having bad cops being kept on the force, period. But I don't think that bad cops should hide behind good cops in order to maintain their employment. So I think there are some things that are that, that both sides can agree on that need to be addressed. But when you just lambast all the way through a private progressive agenda that makes the police the scapegoat for a lot of the social woes – you're not that's not in keeping with with Maryland pragmatism. I think you're going to have we're going to see a correction, I think, with some some bills that may or may not be like, produced. There could be amendments. There could be a lot of stuff. So I'm looking forward to see if cooler heads prevail this time. All right. Let's uh, take a phone call. Uh, we have Marty on the phone. Hey, Marty, you're on with uh, Jason. Hey. Jason, hey, I appreciate hearing you talk. You're very informed, uh, and I like hearing you. you. They ought to have you on more often. Three quick points. Thermont did not need uh, COVID relief money uh, to run our town. 
uh, yet we got $6.2 million. We're going to end up paying for that some way, shape, or form in the future. I agree with Jason. If they it was targeted toward COVID businesses or people that were specifically impacted, that would have been a, a good thing. But but they didn't. They just gave out money like it was uh, growing on trees. Number two, we do uh, run our town in a very good way in that we don't rely on grants for everything. Now, grants are available, but we do pay our tax dollars that go to Baltimore City and Prince George's County and a whole bunch of other democratically controlled uh, uh, municipalities and counties exponentially more like hundreds of millions of dollars for infrastructure because they ran their infrastructure into the ground. Yet Thermont gets pennies to the dollar when we finally have an issue where we could use some, we don't need it, but we could use some. And when you run your municipalities the right way, you don't seem to get rewarded. As far as police reform, I also agree um, that, yeah, I, I have uh, a brother who's retired law enforcement, and I have a relative that's currently in law enforcement. They have been the scapegoats, and this we, we have not seen the impact of what the Democrats have done to, to blame police for all the woes in society. Uh, but it's coming. They cannot fill positions. Who would want to be a cop nowadays? And I think crime is going to surge even more than it already has. And I think you hit the nail on the head in the sense that there aren't a lot of of uh, positions that are being filled when it comes to law enforcement. Because a lot of folks that have the experience are sitting there going, I'm going to retire. There's no point. I'm going to retire. And the other folks that are trying to come in, they're like, wow, some of these some of these administrations, these municipal governments don't have my back. So why would I put my life on the line to try and execute an arrest when I've got a a progressive district attorney that's just going to let them go? There's they're going to be out in 15 minutes. So why would I risk getting shot? I mean, there's a lot that you're 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 right. We're going to see it and it's going to be coming. And by the time it hits us, it's going to be too late to change direction in a meaningful way.